Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 170 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and thanks for being here. This is actually part two of my interview with Sean Adams. Part one is one episode back, so if you have not listened to part one of this interview, get on back one episode and check that out. During this episode, we get into the tough stuff, the struggles, the nitty-gritty. Sean and I talk about the really tough decision he faced about leaving the agency that he helped build and grow for over 20 years to become a full-time educator and what that was like. We also talk about the, the ugly poster that came from a really bizarre relationship with a customer and how that all happened. We also talk about the Nickelodeon TV logo that he worked on and how it was so much fun and why. That and so much more in part two of this interview. So let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, part two of my interview with Sean Adams. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? So the next few questions I have take you down part of your career where you've likely made some mistakes, learned mm -hmm. some lessons, and I'm really excited to pull those stories out of you. Those so, are always ones you never want to talk about, right? No, like, exactly. I have to drag you through the mud a little bit here. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Like, <laughs> that's a mistake. I don't like flawless. Come on. Yeah. Um, um, I, okay, big mistake. Okay. I mean, granted, I probably make many every day. Like, okay. I'm, I'm really, I'm probably really good at it. So let's um, do, let's do it in this order then. Let's start mm -hmm. with um, sort of a more umbrella question as to what the most challenging period or time in your design career was so far, and why it was challenging and how you got through it. Let's start there. Well, I mean, I guess I could lie and say, oh, it was a client that had a difficult project, and a, but that no, it was making the decision to, um, to shut the firm down mm -hmm. and move, um, uh, into education entirely. Mm -hmm. That was not an easy decision by any means whatsoever. That took years to, to get to, and it to, wasn't, to it wasn't like one day I was like, Hey, yeah, it sounds good. And then, yeah, you know, exactly. my partner was like, sounds good to me too. Let's all, yeah. you know, it was, I think five years before I actually said the words, mm -hmm. I was thinking about it. And, um, but I didn't think I had any options. I was just sort of like, mm -hmm. well, gee, I love going to school and I'm having such a great time there. And I really look like I couldn't sleep on Sunday nights cause I had class on Monday morning. I'd be mm -hmm. so excited to get there. But then I'd be like, Oh God, I have that client meeting. Oh my God. Like, you know, <laughs> like, and I'm like, okay, there's something wrong here. Like, yeah. like I'm really enjoying one thing and not the other. And I, um, I went to Berlin with um, a group of students for three months on a, to work on a project. And, mm -hmm. and it was really the first time I'd ever taken a concerted amount of time off of work. Um, and while I was there, I just felt lighter. And I remember one day sort of standing on um, you know, Kudamstrasse and thinking to myself, what is this weird feeling? And I'm like, oh, this is happy. 
I haven't had this in a long time. This is what happy feels like. This is what happy feels like. <laughs> like you can feel good about like the day. And and I I think it was because I wasn't worried about just general nitty gritty stuff like overhead and that kind of stuff. But I also mm-hmm. wasn't worried about myself. I was worried about um, whether Murphy would get the photo shoot that he was trying to get or, you know, if if Annie was understanding the project better. I mean, it wasn't I was thinking about others and not myself. Mm-hmm. And and I, I was like, that's the key. That's what what this has to be about. Um, and, you know, I came back to L.A. and sat down with Noreen and said, um, I think it's time to make a shift. You know, we're at 22 years and and, you know, this is great and it's successful. And I've gone back and forth about like, you know, people depend on us. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to spend my next part of my productive life just repeating myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I said, I, you know, I feel like we hit all the milestones we wanted to hit. We did what we wanted to do. So maybe it's time for a change. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and she, and she was great about it. She's like, I totally, I get where you're going. I don't want to shut it down. I'm, I'm happy to continue it on my own. Um, and that was fine with me too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, you know, it's, it's like a marriage, you know, you're, you're working with someone every single day and then you say, okay, it's time to, time to split up. I'm yeah. going to do something else. Um, and to really give that full context, like this was not a struggling agency. Like you guys were doing very well and you needed to make the decision to leave the agency that was doing really well to pursue what was really making you happy and feel fulfilled. Yeah, exactly. And that was, I think one of the hardest, the hardest parts of it, because in my mind, rationally, I kept saying, this doesn't make any sense. I should be happy. This doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense. Mm -hmm. You know, I, 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 people would kill for some of the clients we have. This is nuts. And why I must be crazy. Like there Mm -hmm. must be something wrong with me. And, um, and it just took a while just to get to the point of like, no, you change over time. And, and to to really understand change, you kind of have to be honest with yourself. And sometimes it's not pretty. Um, and I, I just looked down 10 years and I, I thought, okay, what do I always see myself doing? And I'm like, I just can't see myself sitting at the same desk working on another identity project and, and not being fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I, yeah, I had to do that and, and move on. Um, I, I mean, interestingly though, the, the, you know, things work out obviously, you know, and, and sure. went off to do amazing things. And, and, um, I, I, one of my core faculty members is one of, was one of my best clients, and um, I'm bringing on another another full time faculty member that was one of our creative directors. So you know, it's like you get the old band back together again. Just something <laughs> yeah, that's such a great analogy of that. Yeah. Um, so now, Sean, I want to get a little bit more specific. I want to I want you to tell us about a specific design or a project that you were mm-hmm. a part of in your career that did not go well or mm-hmm. bring the desired result. What was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story? Yeah, I'd say early on, like I think like, you know, when you first start out and you're sort of taking anything you can get and um, we had one client that was like on paper, great client. And Mm -hmm. and at the beginning, I think we were doing some really interesting work and it was it was getting a lot of attention. and It was, you know, enjoyable to work on. But for whatever reason, the client seemed to slowly go insane. <laughs> and so <laughs> the behavior just got more and more erratic. And 
And, you know, it was one of those where you'd get a phone call in the morning and he'd say, I am so excited. You guys are blowing me away. I am so thrilled we're working together. This thing you that you just finished. Love it. Can't wait for the next one. And then that afternoon you get a call with him just screaming at you about like, what the hell is going on? And I wasn't, and it's like these crazy mood swings. So I was like, you know, in state of terror. And I think at at the time, you know, the, it was taking up like 50% of revenue was from this one client. And so it's like, well, we're stuck. We got to just keep doing it. And, um, we worked on his one piece. (laughs) It was like the most God awful poster on the planet. It just was like, (laughs) I, 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 I should, I wonder if I still have that damn thing. It was so fugly. It was yeah. just like, and it was, it was because it, it was for a big event that, that this client did every year. And, you know, I, we'd come, here's the solution. It's this design. We're going to, you know, have this sort of globe of ideas. And then he just a- kept adding stuff. He's like, Oh, what if we added this on there? What if we put this on there? What if we put that? Hey, we'll put, we'll put a car in the corner. But I mean, it was just, and I didn't have the energy <laughs> any longer to, to fight back yep. because I was so beaten up that I'm like, okay, I'll make it work. I'll make it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll make it work. And it just it was like, oh God, it was awful. It was just like <laughs> so beyond awful. Like, uh, so, so wrong. And, uh, you know, I I actually think I did, and it, it's not, and it is public. I think I did a, um, CA did an article at one point about it. And I was like, yeah, it's the worst thing I've ever done. Um, the, the upside of it was after that realizing, okay, the thing that I make is the work. The work is the product. If yes. the work is bad, the product is bad, I lose business. Yes. It can't happen. If I am being put in a place where I'm being produced, where I'm producing bad content or bad product, it has to change. Yes. And then I also realized the amount of energy I was spending every day trying to determine if the client was happy or sad or, or if angry if oh, I took that exhausting. same amount of energy for eight hours trying to get a new business, I'd get new business. Yes. Um, and and so I remember calling him up and saying, I think you'd be better served working with another firm. Or and just, he was just furious. Like, how dare you leave me? You know, and and um, and I'm like, well, we just lost 50 percent of our business, you know, and um, but. When one door opens, another closes, another opens. And about three days later, um, Gap called us and said, okay, we need help with the domestic signage program. Yeah. And I don't, I think if I'd been so enmeshed with the other client, I wouldn't have heard that. I would have been so like, I don't have the time. I don't have time. So that was a great lesson to learn. It sort of gives clarity. It just, yeah, now you're open to new things. And, um, and it made me really understand like Mm -hmm. the least we deserve as designers is respect. 100%. That's it. If I am going to get hit by a bus this afternoon, I don't want to spend my last few minutes on earth in a terrible meeting being yelled at. Mm-hmm. So now when you made that phone call to the to that particular client and you said, hey, you know what? Uh, this isn't working out. Be honest, Sean. Did you refer him to the agency that kind of rubbed you the wrong way? <laughs> you sh- you would do really well with with these guys. I will admit that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, send them to them. Yeah, In I didn't. I was just like, I don't know where you can go. It was, <laughs> I couldn't inflict that on my worst enemy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> Very few people will accept you, but you need to find somewhere else. 
you need to find somewhere else. I think I said you needed you need to work with a really big agency that can provide lots of customer service. Yes, totally. Okay. Um, so this one's a little bit different, but I'm gonna roll with it, and I'm curious on your answer here. What is something that you're struggling with in your career right now? Um, you you know the the, the thing that your questions are so good because they the way you prompt them it sort of forces you know forces me to be honest <laughs> <laughs> yes that's the whole point <laughs> you know usually people ask questions in such a superficial easy way that it just comes across as like everything's swell and life's nice yeah. and there's no problems and golly i'm squeaky clean um, <laughs> everybody's but, got stuff going on everybody's got thoughts and their doubts no matter how experienced there are you know everybody struggles with imposter syndrome all those sort of things so yeah. you know what i love about these kind of questions and why i keep this in there is because even though you know you are a successful educator you've had an incredible career there still could be something in you where like oh, i wish i could do that a little bit better or I right. wish I could do that, right? So what is that thing for you, Sean, that you know, you're just struggling on maybe doing better, maybe learning more, maybe growing at the skills level that you're already at? What's next? Well, I mean, there's, I think there's two parts to that. One, one would be, yeah, there's always things I want to learn. I want to figure out. I mm -hmm. mean, I got to get into the new version of Adobe XD. I mean, little things like that, you know, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, there's... You know, I'm I'm working on my next book, and that feels like a gigantic challenge right now because mm -hmm. writing is a big challenge, and you have Definitely. to actually focus. Which is, you know, it's easier to reorganize the laundry. Um, <laughs> yes. But you know, that's there's those sort of daily challenges. I think the the biggest one that I that I I really just came to terms with recently was moving from sort of agency designer life into academia. Part of that is like stepping away from the limelight mm -hmm. and, and really like, it's not about me. It's about the students. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that was hard and it shouldn't be, you know, it should have been like no problem, but I still see my friends out there and they're speaking at conferences and traveling around. And, and I mean, I was doing one of, I was, I was doing a speaking event like every month, if not twice a month for years and I, I, I was like, I hate traveling. I don't even want to do it. But then, I, you know, I'll see like, you know, I'll be on the Instagram and see like, oh, Debbie just did some amazing thing somewhere and amazing. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm just going to school. What's, you know, like, you know, my career's yeah. over. Yeah. And, and it's really been, that's the struggle is like moving from one part of life to another mm -hmm. and recognizing that's not my job anymore. Mm -hmm. I did that. And in fact, I don't want to get on airplanes all the time and mm -hmm. fly to different places. Um, I would rather do this that, yeah. you know, you and I are doing it's, you know, or, and, and I'm dedicated here. My, you know, the, this, my energies have to be focused on this, but letting go of that public part mm -hmm. was difficult until I really had to say, say that's not my job anymore. Well, it that always... was part of my old job. Yeah, it naturally makes us feel good as humans to have a little bit of that ego boost and a little bit of, you know, the public the public applause for ourselves, right? right. Like it makes us feel good. It kind of feeds a little bit of that, right? So I can definitely see how that would be a bit of an adjustment shifting, you know, that applause from you to bypassing you and saying, Yes, but here they are. These are the students that exactly. do this work. No, don't pay attention to me. Look, there's so and so over here who's incredible. And mm -hmm. like, you know, that's 
that's that that so yeah rationally all makes perfect sense Mm -hmm. um it's just emotionally when i'm like oh wait a second (laughs) what what? like you know i mean but then i turn things down all the time like i was supposed to go to india this week and and speak at a conference and it's finals week so i can't and that's fine you know it's like like no i don't need to fly 24 hours and then you know um but it that 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 was the tricky thing to mm-hmm. sort of let that part go and also realize I did that at one point in my career. Yeah. Now it's time for other people to do that in their career. Mm-hmm. Well said. I like that. Whew, feeling the honesty off you, Sean. I'm sorry. Yeah, you should have <laughs> no, just said, good. Oh, well, you don't want to learn Adobe XD and I'm really bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I'm not deep enough. Right. Um okay, I'm gonna turn this bus around here for you, Sean. Tell me about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of one that just makes your heart sing um okay well an obvious one would probably be aiga that the 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 years of of work that i did with aiga i Mm -hmm. really feel like we made a difference and we moved the needle Mm -hmm. um and at a time when design was being more and more democratized and and more and more minimized um i think we were able to hold the bar and and maintain that we're about excellence mm-hmm. and and honesty and integrity that those are things that if if you're not out there beating that drum they go away mm-hmm. and and so I, I really feel proud that and it wasn't just me you know it was like there's amazing people i worked with like sue matthews hale or or you know michael vanderbilt or michael Bay root um or lucille tenazis that we're doing just as much work in that mm-hmm. So that, that feels great that, wow. Okay. I did, I, it, we did something together, you mm-hmm. know, me and, and the board and all the chapter presidents for the eight years that I, that I spent dealing with it. We, we achieved something, um, design wise, the project that I loved doing was Nickelodeon. I just <laughs> loved working on Nickelodeon. That was yeah. a great client. And, it was so fun just to get into the big strategic parts of it and and to identify like well what are new revenue streams and how are how are the, how's the advertising system structured and all that nitty gritty stuff that that you know as a designer we think oh that's not our job but to get in there and sit in meetings you know with the the president and and understand like well what's going on with Nick at night how are we relating the two you know. Mm-hmm those sort of bigger issues were, was great. And then, you know, you're working with like things like SpongeBob and cat dog. How can it be bad? <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's just fun. And, and, you know, one of the things I loved about Nickelodeon was that they were just like, yeah, go for it. You know, I mean, that's such an awesome thing. We said like kids like gross stuff. Can we put some farty stuff in here? And they're like, yeah, <laughs> sounds good. You know? I love it. I mean, and that's pretty great. I, I remember one day I was making logos that had to look like spit. And I'm like, how are we going to do this? We ended up just having to spit on paper all day long and then scan it. You know, <laughs> something like nuts going on. And and but the chance to work just not just with Nickelodeon, but Nick at Night and mm-hmm. TV Land and um, um, all of the other parts of the network were so great. And I, I mean, I had made such good friends there. Um, so that I, I really, I really, I, I always look back at that. And I'm like, yeah, that was good work. It was smart and fun. And, and, um, and it made a difference, which I really do like ratings went up 154% the year Whoa. after we finished that system and no programming changed. So I'm like, Oh, something happened there. That's incredible. 
Yeah, I was, I was, and I, I honestly think it was just as simple as like slamming the Nickelodeon logo next to SpongeBob and nothing else. When the when the audience, you know, people out in the real world would see a billboard, they'd be like, oh, oh, that's Nickelodeon. Like things like that, because you know, the previous one, you know, I was doing research. You know, the research team came back and said people think Disney owns SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. So it was just simple moves like that of just simplifying the message and and making it super clear and making type kids could read. You know, was was that, part of it. That sounds like so much fun, and not only from the creative standpoint because it's a very fun product, it's a very fun angle. Right. But being able to, it sounds like you're a lot like me, like getting in there and being able to look at the whole picture. And not just creative visually, but where are we at with revenue? How can we right. improve that? Like really get into the nitty gritty stuff. I love those conversations. Those are great. And and in the end, that's why we're being hired. Yes. They're not hiring us to make something pretty. No. You know, Walmart did not spend a billion dollars on a new identity program because they thought they had an ugly logo. They no. did it because they wanted to compete with Target. You know, yeah. this was they expect to make that money back. Yes. Hundred percent. Well, Sean, you've reached the point of the show for the ask it forward question. That's where I have a question for you for my last guest. Uh And you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. So this is a super unique question. Mm -hmm. And there's no right or wrong answer, Sean. Okay. My last guest was Robert Almeida. He's leading graphics at SB Architects out of uh, Miami, Florida. He also mm-hmm. has a side hustle uh, for motivation for designers called Dude Be Awesome. Mm-hmm. So head great lettering name. and stuff. So great name, right? Yeah. So right in the end of our episode, he throws down, so fun fact, I'm actually colorblind. Oh, wow. And I went, incredible. What? So, yeah. <laughs> so his question was related to that. What do you imagine colorblind people see the world as? I, I, I mean, I know there's different kinds of colorblind deficiency Definitely. and, you know, so there's, there, you know, varying ways of where it's like, yeah, you see red, but the, the greens all look beige and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The thing I think that's really interesting about colorblind people is that paint companies love them. Like really? they are hired a lot by paint and color companies because they see value better than, than people that can see color do. Because we get confused by the actual color itself. They mm-hmm. see the differences in tone. And um, I always thought that was super interesting. Interesting. Like, I did not know that. Yeah. They're re- so it's a real valuable skill to have if you're working in the color world. Um, that you don't get distracted by, oh, is that green or is that avocado? You know, mm-hmm. you're just looking at, like, the tonality of it. Um, I... I can't imagine what it's like. I mean, you know, I, I you know, I, I live for color. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, I mean, I made an entire career out of magenta and yellow. So I don't know, you know, what I would do if I didn't have it. Mm-hmm. And the, the context that I asked him as well, I said, okay, so Coke Red, everybody in the world likely knows Coke Red. What right. does Coke Red look like to you? Yeah. And his response was, well, Coke Red to me, looks like my version of Coke Red because right. he was born with this. So yeah. whether the Coke Red he sees is the same as the Coke Red that I see, nobody knows. Exactly. How do you yeah. compare? So, well, for all you know, what you see as green mm-hmm. is what everyone else sees as red. Totally. 
you have no way to describe color. So, which is just such a mind blowing thing in this design world when you're designing a Nickelodeon logo for millions of people to see. Right? Is it green? Did you actually design it as green? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and then you get into those like, you know, long-term conversations about the exact shade of orange. Mm-hmm. You know? and, right? Um, yeah, I think that's that's super interesting. Yeah, that that you know, you, you I guess yeah, his version of Coke Red is his version. That's the way he sees it. Exactly. Yeah, that's really interesting. So it's an I like that perspective. I really yeah. like it. So, Sean, what is the question you'd like me to ask the next guest for you? I would ask someone, what is something embarrassing that people don't know about you? Oh, I like it. Yeah. Perfect. I always like embarrassing things. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all? Sean, yeah. you have reached the end of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you so much for your time thank and you being so on the show today. Such great questions. And um, thank you for doing this. It's such a great thing to do. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Sean Adams. This is the end of part two. If you listen to part two without checking out part one first, head back to that now. It's a good one. I promise you. Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate your time. And I got another one for you tomorrow. See ya. Bye.